Storytellers AZ, a discussion group for people who make a living telling stories. My name is Tyler Hurst. I'm a writer. I work for Event Day and Loop Logic. I have six months left as a resident of Arizona. And across from me is Matt Fox. Hello, Matt. What do you do? I write at persuasiontheory.com. That he does. And next to him is Sarah Marquez. I am a poet and I am currently writing a book, which I will now finish. Yay. And she <laughs> drives at least two hours round trip to take her kids to school every day. That's. To take them to school, and then I do it at the end of the day to pick them up also. Where so that's you, four hours every you, day. Oh, about. you just you just moved to your... Oh, okay, wow. you just moved. Okay. Yep. And next to... Across from her is... La Pan. <laughs> La Pan. For some reason, Tyler just can't get his head around the whole thing. La Pan. We call him Flash. <laughs> what do you Flash do? in the Pan. <laughs> uh, former television and film writer now writing some plays and doing some... Uh, social media work and he is also about to uh launch a youtube channel of him riding <laughs> in the car so watch singing, out for that singing, your, singing the hits watch out for that, everyone mm-hmm. dashboard oh, camera speaking of copyright right. <laughs> yeah you won't be able to sing those songs <laughs> oh they'll just they'll, they'll mute it that'll be funny that'll be even funnier i really like the idea i know we're, i like the idea of not having a routine of doing different things every time. I do actually. We actually the, the only routine is I meet the same time every time, but I do different workouts every single time. It's meant to confuse your body, so you basically to spend every the muscles, so basically you spend yourself. every week with a new part of your body hurting. Is yes. what that means. <laughs> yes. So last week it was my chest and my um, stomach. This week it's my obliques and my shoulders. Um, yeah, it's been great. It's having exciting, having a great like, time. Him in the shin, and now it'll be her yeah. shin. Loving it. He, he gave me these flyers, these little uh, flyers. I'm holding them out. You know, the postcard flyers, little things. He's like, hey, you should sign up all your friends, and if you sign up a friend, and, and they and they come in for a month, and then you can get it for free. And I was like, oh, that sounds really awesome. Except that no one wants to sign up for this because no one likes getting their ass kicked every day. <laughs> I mean, why would you sign up? And why would, I mean, don't you realize well, that? you did it. I did it. I mean, so. you hear that. You, everyone hears me about how hard it is. And uh, granted, it's totally worth it, I think. It's totally worth it to me. I've, uh, I'm much better shape, much stronger, much healthier. Love it. Pro Fitness AZ, go. Um, but it's <laughs> really... Fit Chandler, but, go. Yeah. What, is it, what is it? Like um, it's just boot camp personal style? training, yeah. yeah. And it's just it's, it's like one personal training a week mm. and then two to three boot camp a week. Mm-hmm. And I took three weeks off my wedding, and so I mean I'm out of shape now, which I don't know how you want to define that at this point for me. But uh, I wasn't quite ready to do those. I mean, obviously never quite ready, but um, so I went back into it. I just hurt like hell, and so he's trying to get me to recruit people, and I'm like, hey, come with and suffer with me, because it's hard to talk about that because everyone wants to know how to lose. They're like, well, I want to lose weight without eating less. And I was like, you can't. Um, that's yep. what I How'd you lose 22 pounds? I ate less than I burned. How'd you do that? I counted calories every day. How'd you get stronger? I worked out and punished myself every, you know, four or five hour, times a week day. or whatever yeah. it is. And so you forget um, how hard, I mean, it did talk about overnight successes for writing too, about how, hey, I can write a blog post in 20 minutes. That's good. And everyone's like, oh, you just did that. I'm like, no, it took me 15 years to do this. <laughs> um, it's the same idea as they don't want, no, you know, yeah, yeah. they want that success without any sort of um, a build up to it. What they want well, is they the pill. The yeah. They want the pill that'll just make it all go away. Yeah. No, it's very, well. It's, it's change is hard, and that's really what it comes down to. Is that it's change. You have to yeah. you have to deal with the change in 
if you're married, you've got a spouse oh, that you yeah. have to have to deal with oh, the same things, huge. especially if you're eating because you eat together. Huge. You have your friends that you go to the bar with or if you, you know, whatever, and you start doing these things and everybody around you, it's kind of like a rubber band. It, they want to pull you there's, back to there, normal. No, you're trying to stretch things and they yeah. want to pull you back to normal. There's actually a terminology for it. It's called the crabs in the bucket. As soon as one tries to climb out, they grab that crab and pull them back into yeah. the bucket and they're all going to die together. They don't uh, want that one well, yeah, crab it, getting free and getting uh, out. Well, I was joking. I if you really ever watch that way with food, though, I understand that more with cigarette smokers and mm. alcoholics mm. and drug users, but I've never felt that way. With well, food. with food, it is because you go out and you oh, and you totally and you is. and you you go to a buffet or you're, you'll share something. And I mean, I go to that. And and, I mean, I've been doing the no I've, I, gluten screws with me. I don't know if I'm gluten tolerant. I, I don't know. But whatever. When I don't eat, I feel better. It's all I know. And so how do you go out and not eat flour? I mean, it's hard to do when you're it's sharing really something or whatever else or if you're at a banquet or, or whatnot because then you kind of feel like an ass. Last week at FusionCon, I had a sandwich and I took off the bread and wrapped it in lettuce. And they have the gluten-free sandwiches. Wait, they they oh, do, yeah, but they're it's, like it's cardboard. But, it's, but it's, I did it's eat harder. it. Yeah, <laughs> I went for the vegetarian <laughs> choice. Thank you very much. But I think that I think that the reason that I kind of get addicted to these is I'm addicted to the process of it, not the results. And I think that um, people who want to be, I know that want to be writers, especially, and I was, I never really understood this when I was a kid. I was wanting to write a book, right? And so you don't realize to write one book, you have to write like 50. I mean, in your head or, or on paper, on paper usually. I mean, you have to write so much to be able to do. And that if writing books is what you want to do, or, or sorry, if having a book is something you want to do, then you're probably not going to be a very good writer. If, if you like to write a lot, then you're probably a good writer. And what I like to do is I like to, to, to work out a lot because, it's the it, process because it feels good. So I'm addicted to the process of it. I know whenever I played sports, I always like practice more than I like games. Probably because I didn't play much in games, but um, <laughs> but uh, but I was like practice more than games because you love the process of it and you, and you love the, the the little parts of it. I say with those things like what you're talking about, especially yeah. with the exercise and the change. As I was just talking about, uh, if you've ever seen The Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. I always yeah. it always makes me laugh because you see them towards the end of the show and they go back and they do the six months after they've been back. Oh, it's so hard. And and they look and it's like, well, what do you do now? You know, well, before I used to go here and I hung out with so and so and so and so. I really haven't seen them in the last yeah. four months now. Some of them get divorces. They leave their mm-hmm. boyfriends, their girlfriends, or whatever. They get away from all those yeah. things that were trying to hold them back and and. I went through some of these issues a long time ago, too, when I quit smoking and did all this other stuff. And it's like, that's the old joke. People don't try to lift you up. A lot of pe- a lot yeah. of your people want to keep you down because if they see you changing, they realize they can change. Yeah. And that's or that's freaking work. They man. realize they have to change or they should be they changing. Should be yeah. changing. And that's what they don't want to be reminded and, but, of. But, and they don't want to. But because they like it's work. Quo. It's work. The status quo is comfortable. Yeah. They don't want to leave comfortable. But you also, I mean, also, but me... And I did understand a lot with a lot of people when I when I first stopped drinking. Um, like I didn't want anyone else to stop drinking. I just wanted oh, to I stop didn't drinking. And so that was really tough when I would go out with them. I'd still go out to bars every once in a while, and they would always say, "You know, was it okay if I order a beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" And so that was a tough thing to be able to transition as well because I was like, "Of course not. I don't care if you drink. You drinking has. It's not peer <laughs> pressure that makes me want to binge drink. Okay, it's the fact that alcohol." Awesome, <laughs> and I am awesome when I drink a lot of it. Um, 
So it just depends on. But but that was good because I had because I'd actually had friends that were supportive of that. But when mm. I quit smoking, think I hang out with those people ever again? You can't because mm-hmm. a lot of times a lot of times you're only friends because you take smoke breaks together. You yeah. realize That's that. That's very true. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's more about not them dragging you down. It's who you're choosing to be with. Yes, you know, me too. You, you change who you choose to be with, and it's like it's not saying that they're bad people, yeah. but it's like these people are always going to buffets and all you eat places, all you can yeah. eat places. That's mm-hmm. not for you, so that's not where you go with them. Mm-hmm. You want to invite them over to the house to watch a game or go yeah. out and see a movie. Mm-hmm. That's different, but it's your choice. It's your comfort level. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they're really actually uh, trying to say be. Sh- um, crappy like actually, that. No. there that does happen. Well, my, that's mostly. What I mean, my no, 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 no. <laughs> My mother was long ago diagnosed with uh, with celiac, so she's gluten intolerant completely. Like she smells it and she blows up and she's out for three days. And she's always been like that. And when my parents were married, he, my father actually used to ridicule her, and now he's eating his words because he just came back from the doctor. And guess what? He's he's, he's gluten intolerant also, and now he's like, oh my god, like what am I like? And what would he do to her? He would sit there and be like, oh, come on. It's not going to hurt you to eat that one stupid little tiny bite. Like, he didn't really believe that it did anything to her. And he would goad her and he would, you know, and now he feels like he feels like this tall because he's like, oh, my God, I can't go. He like he did that. We went to a restaurant and he was trying really hard and he looked because I can't eat anything on this menu. You know, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, like. This is really difficult to have a normal life, and nobody really understands, and he even doesn't understand. He's like, look at me. I look fine. I'm healthy. I don't feel okay. I've got some indigestion. I've got some, you know, but I mean, I'm fine. Why do I, you know, but now it's like, so it does. You know, you do have people. I mean, they were married, I know, but you he see, was pulling her I down. guess what I'm just saying is she doesn't have to stay there. You no, know, she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's she funny left. is... Uh, I actually have a post started on this that's sitting in one of my one of his draft posts, yeah, yeah, one, mm. of, one of my hundreds of draft posts, and it's, it's you have to fill the gap. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only calling. one doing that. But you, when you're trying to make a change, or in my business, you're selling or marketing, or trying to get someone to, to do something differently, whether it be yourself or somebody else, you have to fill the gap. And there's a point from today and a year from now, mm. and you have to fill that gap in between of what the changes are that are going to occur how they're going to deal with those things, whether it be a spouse, somebody ridiculing them, um, how you're going to be behaving in the morning, you know, whether you know, somebody losing weight, they have to buy new clothes. Well, they may not have that in the budget, so that is a hassle. Now they've got to feel funny because they have Yeah, mm-hmm. because none of Tyler's fat clothes fit him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's one of those, it, you have to fill the gap in that area to get people to change, to get them to want to change or to even start to picture the chain. Thrift stores or Buffalo Exchange for that, by the way. It's mm. awesome because you can still get good stuff, stuff and you can you can, st- you can keep the price down. Buffalo let, Exchange, de- definitely. Let me also say, you don't need that many clothes. Okay? No, you well, buy now, a, well, now we're getting into details here. No, I'm saying if you buy a few pair of pants and you lose some weight or you gain some weight, you're only buying a few pair wow, of pants. True. Most people have like 50 pairs of pants in their closet. But let's talk about writing here. If you so have a novel how can you bring or you want to, to blog writing? every day or you want to write more. If you guys have noticed, I've been trying to bring everything back to writing and you're not helping very much. So <laughs> you could bring it around somehow. That's what I mean. You have to, well, morning. you're going to have to fill that gap. How are yes. you going to make the time? How are you going to deal with your spouse that says, come on, honey, let's go. Watch TV or go have sex. Uh, yeah, or, you know, fun stuff. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> museum. Uh, yes. The opera. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you have to look at your writing as a job like anything else. If you yeah. do, if you if your spouse doesn't look at, it. I mean, I remember I was going out with a girl once who actually, as I was just about just about to break into television, she goes, "When are you going to get a real job?" I left, I left her like that morning. It's like yeah. that's it. I'm done. It's like you know what? If you don't respect what I'm what I am, yeah. I'm gone. But but that's I think that's a problem with a lot of people, and I'm not talking about just people here. Dude, I can't take this. Stop be, picking on me. I'm be clear. People pay me money. <laughs> that's right. Shut is up. that it's you know it's it is a real job. Writing is a real job, and you mm. have to respect yourself. And if your spouse, your friends, your parents, your kids, at any age, you can't have them respect that, then that's yourself. That's all your control. It's all in your control. I know you think it's not, but it is. You know, two-year-old kids that come in and they start grabbing on your on your clothes the first thing in the morning. You know what? My kids did that too, but you know what? I had stuff to do, so it's like I made the room. They can be self-sufficient in their room. They can go do that, and you teach them to do that. And it takes duct taping them to the wall is it, not it, self-sufficient. It takes, you know, what? <laughs> you just you know, you know, you put the gate on the thing, and they can scream and yell for a half for a half an hour, and they'll do that. Bowl of water, a, they'll fine. do that the day. The first, they'll do that for a drowned. day or so. But it's like a, you know, they're like one of those animals. water bottles that hang down, like the rabbit ones. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You're laughing, but you know what I'm saying? You make these rules just like I'm not a parent, them. so hey, man, and never I, will be, right? No, <laughs> but no, I understand. That's no, it's true. Smart, and then you will eat your words one day. No, anyway. it's true. But we talked about that uh, about an idea for Sarah is uh, when she commutes. Wait, I wasn't talking about Sarah. No, we're t- we're going back, to Sarah. Yeah, sure. Though we're going to combine this. We're going to we're going we're gonna to bring it all back. Is Sarah has always talked about? Um, she has t- can't find time to write because. Um, she has, you know, things that take up time, especially the commuting, uh, taking the kids to and from school. Mm. So we figured that using the time driving back from school and driving to school in the morning and then in the evening might be a good time to record yourself and do some of the transcript stuff. I mean, maybe not, you know, full-on mounted dashboard camera and <laughs> do like LePan wants to, which is mount the dashboard <laughs> camera and film everything he does while he All drives. The accidents he has. And then... <laughs> and then then finding the s- and, they, and then somehow find the time to edit it all down into something where you could actually just record yourself for half an hour <laughs> and then transcribe yes. and then transcribe or even not transcribe just mm-hmm. listen to it and have mm-hmm. it as ideas for for mm-hmm. other stuff and that might be something mm-hmm. that that that'd be really helpful you could you could record on the way back and then listen on the way there and then mm-hmm. maybe something will come into your head i don't know i mean i mean that'd be mm-hmm. a good way to uh, to write to get some some more writing because i know when i wrote my uh Nino book um I sacrificed running. I mean, I was injured again, but I mean, that's, you had to sacrifice something that two hours or one hour a day. Uh, you know, you can get up early. Uh, it might not be worth it with your kids at 5.30, but uh, I know that. But, but, but no. when you say sacrifice, it sounds like you're saying something bad. I have to give up. So you don't have to give up. You're writing. You're doing what you want to do. No, I'm giving up I'm giving it. up one thing for another. I'm fine with it. Sacrifice. Yeah, but sacrificing is oh, well, bad. Well, you could also say that failure is a bad connotation, too, and I don't think failure is all that bad either. So I'm trading I, something. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah I think what Tyler's more saying is yeah. that you have a comfortable routine that you live in your yes. daily life, and you have to sacrifice one of your daily comfortable routines. Yeah. Take it out now, and sometimes, put writing back. Sometimes in. that may be an hour and an mm. hour after you get home, sitting on the couch watching TV. And a lot of times that was it for me when I had a mm. nine to five job. Is that last hour of decompression because mm-hmm. driving home sucked. Yes, um, <laughs> and that's a good time to to get some stuff done. It's also a good time to go work out because you're not going to do anything mentally anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, finding those little bits of, of hours mm-hmm. and, and of half an hour and of things like that that are that, that are most important because you'd rather do something 
every day for half an hour a day than do it every once in a while for two hours because you're going to get more done doing it every day for half an hour. So find that time. Well, actually, that's been the biggest trick for me is that is what my life has yeah. wound down to. And what's been really hard for me is actually getting used to thinking like that mm-hmm. because when I was growing up, I had all the time in the world yeah. to myself and I got used to those luxurious two, four hour blocks. And yeah. that's when I really produced the good stuff. And now I'm lucky if I get 15 minutes to yeah. read two pages in my book yeah. and then 15 minutes later, two pages in the book. And I have to constantly stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not like connecting everything, but I'm getting it done, but it's just, it feels well, haphazard. You're not, you're not being deliberate and that's the problem is you're being haphazard. Mm. So you need to figure out how to find that one 30-minute segment or that you one... See, you know what? Mm-hmm. Honestly, guys, and I'm not talking about blog posts. I'm talking about writing a book. Real writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A book. I'm not even... I wouldn't even say real writing, but anyway... I, you know what? I can't work on my. I can't work on a play fifteen minutes at a time. That's like no. pointless. No, mm-hmm. it's really, I need three or four hours. Yeah, and you know what? And and whatever it takes, I have to make well, that, I, t- I, that time. So otherwise, I would say just wait and do it later when you will have the time. Well, it's up to you to make that time because I don't think you can write a novel fifteen mm. minutes or no. half an hour at a time. No, mm. and then also but you can jot down notes or character yes, notes or absolutely. you can do something. Some but also you're gonna make you're gonna make time for things that are important to you. When I was home over Thanksgiving in November, I worked out and it was annoying and my family was kind of annoyed with me, but I did it anyway because that was important to me and I was getting ready for Tough Mudder. Christmas Eve, I did the same thing and that was weird and I kind of had to carve two hours out of the middle of my Christmas Eve to help in the, you know, help, have Katie help me in the campground we were staying at, but I made it important. Um, showing up for Storytellers AZ and this is not a shot to anyone. Yes, it is to everyone who doesn't show up. <laughs> this is everyone else. Uh, if you make it a priority, you'll find you'll find that you have time for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you should have to make it. A, you have to make stuff a priority. Uh, but I've noticed that that doing that helps tremendously. That you lose some things, and I you know I say sacrifice. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, but you do lose something. So mm. I lose that um, that extra hour of staring at my computer. I mean, reading blog posts. <laughs> I mean, that's tweeting. That's that's really what now tweeting is so ingrained mm. in my day at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but but you need to find those those hours and carve out those hours somewhere because um, because it, it definitely can be done. Same with working out, same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, same need, for myself, like for that, I need that hour and a half and yeah. an hour to work out and a half an hour just to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never understood how people said they worked out and they felt great afterwards. And I, I realized what it means is they just felt great that it's over. Brian, two <laughs> two hours. I have to. It takes me two hours from the end of my workout to be able to get into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> because I I sweat so much and I'm so overheated. I mean, I'm not dying, but I've, I sweat like a huge fat guy no matter what weight I am. Um, it takes me two hours to calm down and get – so, yeah, I feel you because I don't feel good for that first day. It was like, oh, yeah, I ate a big sandwich after it's working out. I was like, dude, I wanted to throw up for an hour. <laughs> and then I sat around. I mean, I can still do work, but I certainly don't want to get ready to go anywhere or eat anything. Or yeah. I'll write, though. I like writing after I after I work out. But. I still need that half hour. I was going to say, don't you get that endorphin rush? Don't I you do. get that like but the problem you is feel th- fluid but, almost? But, but I also don't like the fact that there's sweat dripping off my fingers. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So, that doesn't uh, dry off within the 10 minutes or so after oh, you no. finish, oh, really? No, no. When you do the boot camp stuff, mm, right? you're, you're sweating no, for a good two, three yeah. hours. You yep. take a shower two hours later, you come out sweating. That's why I stopped mm. there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's sexy. I do a good job of I do a good job of not exactly overheating. I'm really good at not overheating. My body is awesome at not overheating. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that is going to be it because I have no idea where we are at this point. So thanks for listening to another episode of Storytellers AZ. 
we meet the second and fourth Wednesday of every month from 7 to 9 p.m. at Gangplank in downtown Chandler. If you'd like to know more about us, check out storytellersaz.com, or I believe there we're uh, somewhere on gangplankhq.com. All right, thanks for listening, and have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Storytellers AZ. We'll see you next time.